Couch in space. Oh, look, it's a couch. Looks comfortable. And it's in space. Cool. Couch in space. Here we are again. This guy. This guy. Um, I was on Will's podcast not too long ago, I think about two weeks ago, and it was a roaring success. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to that one. Thank you for inviting me, Will. Thank you for coming to my caravan. I still haven't worked a good way to say, please pay your own petrol. Yep. And in your own time. Yep. And sit outside of my house. Yeah. It was I, very unpolite. Yeah, actually, while I drove away, I thought, this guy owes me now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> true. I drove all this way, all the way to North Shore. You've got nice couches, <laughs> you've got crew, you've got lights, you've got greens. Well, no, you've got space in the yeah, background. Yeah, have got space, yeah. Don't, um, don't destroy the No, 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 I would never do that. Yeah. But but look, I feel like the, the, the thing we do that's a constant mm-hmm. is we kind of go out there and say, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool thing. We're asking questions. It's what you get told to do as a child, mm. but for some reason we forget to do it as an adult. We feel silly when we put our hand up as big people yes. and say, oh, I don't know that. And I think that's fundamentally wrong. Yes, I think it is. I, I like the, the saying, true wisdom is not knowing the answers, it's knowing what questions to ask. Man, I want to. have you ever come across a good book of sayings? Because I'm looking into, mm-hmm. so where do you get your sayings from? Or do you think that's not the point? Do you think the point is no. to remember what others say? I think thinking philosophically, you yeah. do naturally anyway. And, mm-hmm. and you're one of those. You, you think philosophically. A lot of people ramble and they come up with these sayings. I don't know where I get the sayings mm-hmm. from. Some I read, some just kind of pop into my head and I say them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess in in the way of philosophy, it's all been kind of said before. It just gets regurgitated in a different fashion, in a different format, and just sugar-coated a little bit. I want a philosophy book that says the amazing quote, and then what it really means. Right. You know, so like, I don't know, um, know thyself. Mm. You know, that's, okay, cool. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, so that means you have to um, go through the good and bad stuff with yourself to know what you're like at your brightest and darkest, mm. and possibly you may never know. No. And that's and kind of, I get it, that feels not as cool as know thyself. Yeah. But I feel like it's uh, very important. And also to be able to know thyself and go beyond the religious connotations mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of religions have that, you know, go deep within. Yep but go deep within to find the God that we all subscribe to. Mm. You know, it's kind of like go in and then veer off a little bit and subscribe to our group. Mm. But, but we are, we're, we're a hive, aren't we? We're a community and we all want to belong. And it doesn't really matter what you believe in. Yeah. At the end of the day, just be a good person. Just be a good person and know that some things, is it oxymoron? Is that mm. the, the, a real word or did I just make that up? No, 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 it's a real oxycotton word, but I do is not like know drugs. what the, <laughs> An oxymoron. I think you let us say moron. I'm a moron sometimes. <laughs> but the whole point is that you you might get things wrong. I heard I heard Kevin Hart, who's a comedian, the mm-hmm. other day. He was on Joe Rogan. He was talking about sometimes people just don't know. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's most of us. Mm. We get blamed for these things, but we don't know. And you can't expect people to know everything because that's part of the beauty of being humans, right? Like hunter gatherers can't blame you if you don't know how to, what plants to eat or not eat. Mm, mm. Yet we act like 
the other way is the same, where we don't understand traditional ways and, and, and take into context of different cultures. And we all celebrate the multiculturalism of New Zealand. But, you know, what that really says is there's a lot of people who don't know. Yeah. And so it should be more, more information put into understanding that. that mm. Sorry, I didn't know I shouldn't shake your hand that way or touch your shoulder or sit on a table, you know. But once you tell me, I'm only a dick if I do it again That's after right. I know. Exactly, or yeah. intentional. I'm actually really um, suspicious of people that pretend to know. Yeah. Because, you know what, I think it's really unfair living in this day and age, mm. the pressure that's put on us to understand all the different cultures. Yeah. You know, in the good old days where English were English, Americans were Americans, <laughs> and Australians were Australians, New Zealanders were New Zealanders, now we are a cultural, we are a global community. Yeah. And part of that global community is the responsibility to understand other communities mm. and understand to such a way that you show respect to them, yeah. which is great, mm. but it's a huge responsibility. Mm. I mean, you walk down the street, you're walking past five different cultures yeah. and, you, and to be able to understand how to properly you know, respect that culture, it's actually a really big ask. And we've only been doing it for a lot, two generations. Yeah. Like my grandfather fought really? against Germany. Mm. So he didn't have to understand Germans. He had to kill them. Yeah. And now I married one. <gasps> you didn't. I did. But. And now you're sitting on the couch with one as well. <laughs> so there you go. We can, should we change over to German? Yeah, this is super. We are all German on the inside. <laughs> no, you can't make that joke. No one is Germany. Um, but look, I think that's interesting, right? The fact that we don't know. We didn't know mm. the culture. Now I'm learning every day about the culture. And that's just one of several cultures that we are all trying to make into this beautiful cake yeah you know? and sometimes you know there's other factors we've got the mix but we burn it with the <laughs> oven too hot or you know people are allergic to gluten or whatever yeah that's right it's, it's like you can't please everyone kind of thing and you can't actually talk so wide all the time yeah like we're talking about that quote and that's so wide and then when you break it down closer and closer you find that oh, everyone's got these fears and these and mm. and i think that makes sense What's interesting to me, and I keep it keeps blowing my mind that no one talks about it. No one talks about why. They're starting to though. Yeah, I mean, I with your so. podcast mm. and even Joe Rogan podcast, right. even my podcast, curiosity yep. is the winner yep. in the end. Yep. I agree. Genuine curiosity, Sharing. not not no gender. Like mm. you, you came here today, and I said before we start talking, let's just get the mics on and yeah. just sit on the couch. Yeah. There is no preamble, there's no ulterior motive. Mm. We're just gonna have a chat and see where it goes kind yeah. of thing. And that's a really beautiful thing. It's, a, yeah, genuine curiosity. It's a human thing too. So mm. I understand why we don't want to do it at some level because mm. there's a bit of risk. You may have a lull of silence and that freaks people out, even more so mm. today, you know? Mm. Yeah, the age of constant distraction. Yeah, so we've got to work together, we all do in the room. Yeah. and listening. We've got to work together to simultaneously work out that we're right mm -hmm. and that if we don't have something to say, we'll work through it and talk through it. And, um, you know, that's, you know, it's interesting because we've worked so hard away from that that that's how we mm. do television now. We now encourage people to read. Yeah. But we're saying they're talking, but they're really reading. Oh, you mean the auto cue? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I mean. That, but even that's getting better, though. Yep. It's getting yep. a lot more... 
colloquial and conversational. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you look at the breakfast shows, and yep. even the news, there is a little bit of humanity yep. creeping in now and then. Whereas Do you think it's things ago, like podcasts, though, that have pushed that? Absolutely. And people just want to, well, they understand now. I think that's it's a personality-driven thing. Yeah. People want the little nuances mm. of conversation or someone commenting on a news story and not just go, and here this, this was this what happened, this mm. is what happened, this is what happened. I think the value of personality-driven um, broadcasting is... Is that what is, gets Trump elected, though? Personality only? Is, yeah. it, is this like a, a conversation about substance behind the... So when we take away... Because I bag autocue all the time. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know what autocue is, it's uh, someone writes a script... That gets I don't put know what you mean. On well, the camera, and then we get to read it whilst it looks like we're looking at the camera, mm -hmm. uh, and that's good, I guess, because you take away. Well, some of the good things is you take away the what's happening right now. I'm trying to find the words, mm -hmm. but I guess um, the other side is that you take away a bit of the personality. Yes, and so. But some videos or some things are not personality driven. They're yeah. information driven. Yeah. So, say for instance, a company does. Um, a worldwide report or something like that, where it's more about numbers mm. and figures and this company rose in stocks and this and this and this much. I understand that. You, you don't want to muck that up. You, right. you can't be conversational. It's not what this is. Mm. I'm not here to make you like me. I'm here to give you information about something that doesn't really have a personality. It's, it's a factual-based thing. Yeah, yeah. However... Um, you could sugarcoat it and make it more digestible mm. in that way. But I think it has a place. Yeah. And the news is a funny one because on one hand you want to, well, know what's going on in an unbiased kind of environment. This is where it's, as soon as you put personality in, there's a bias. Mm. Like who is this guy? What's his heritage? Mm. He's talking about the weather because he comes from the country and he's yeah. thinking the rain is bad. Mm. But the city people say, oh no, rain is good because the streets are dirty. You mm. know, it, it, all those factors start coming in, don't they? And then you start being judged. Mm. So judged. you might as well just say, this is what happened, on to the next story. And yeah. that way there's no, yeah, no recourse really. Right, well there's no muddiness, you know, and there's, if you yeah. provide the narrative, you don't have to think for yourself. And no, I still right. don't know what the right way is. No, there is no. It's just a. It's like you said with the cooking. Mm. It's a whole bunch of ingredients. Yeah. We're all just sloshing around in there. Some are going to be better than others, but. So who made the ingredients? Who made the ingredients? We make the ingredients. So we are we are we God as we talk about it? Is we it are God to ourselves, I think. Is it the subconscious trying to grasp self thought, and that um, you know, like all of these things, like you know, um, say religion and aliens, they all suggest that there's other things at play. Mm -hmm. I uh, heard an interesting story about um, abductions. There's a hypothesis that... Yeah, I heard that too. Did you yeah. hear it? Yep. So yeah, that it, yeah. um, when you're born, mm. it's so traumatic because mm. there's lights yeah. and there's doctors and there's masks and they're pulling you out and they're tinkering with you yes. that you remember that yeah. and later on you um, put that into your subconscious as an alien abduction. Mm. Which isn't... Excellent theory. <laughs> yeah. No, no, or, or even not even a theory. Mm. But you can take that one step further. What if our existence on Earth is just another classroom? What if before that we were in other classrooms? And what if after this we are in other classrooms? Mm. And the way to go from one classroom to another is that process. 
there is a darkness, then there's a light, and metaphorically, the light can be anything you want. Mm. But at the end of the day, when we die, we're going to go into a, some darkness that we don't know. And once that darkness fades away and reveals another light, where are we then? Mm. So that kind of makes sense. That's just one way to explain it. Have you ever spoken to a comedian called Andre King? No. He should be on the show. Oh, really? He's a really interesting guy. He told me a story Andre, about, if you're listening, get in touch. Yeah, yeah. He's, he uh, travels around the world on big cruise ships making people laugh. Oh, right, okay. But when he's back in New Zealand, I always tell him, like, what are you being a comedian for? The, you're a philosopher, you're, you know, should have really? your own show. But have you had him on your show? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get him back. Not on my recent podcast. Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm aiming to in a couple of weeks, so he should come and do your show too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that's... But he told me about a story about um, dying as a child. Right. And he was drowning. Mm -hmm. And he said what happened was just before, well, he said he thinks he died. Mm because he got revived back to life. But the story he tells about dying was that he realized it was like, you know, we're right down here in the oven. Mm -hmm. And he got to be forced right past the oven, outside the window, outside your house, up and having a look at the whole thing. Yep. And he said what it was, was, <laughs> I don't know, picture this yourselves, <laughs> okay. I guess, was a group, like a wall, and there was heaps of holes in it. And you all had a hole. Everyone has their yes. little place, I guess, rather right. than a hole. And when he kind of describes it, he went forward into the hole and then turned around and he was part of the wall. Right. And part of something. Yes. A part of a greater consciousness or... Um, Sounds like a net or a web of some sort. Right, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And, and then uh, he got kind of brought back and he mm. goes kind of into it. But, but I just think that's kind of what we're saying. It's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Maybe there's a science argument to say, okay, his brain was starved of oxygen, thought it was going to die, it released serotonin or whatever it does, mm. or um, endorphins or to get that major to help you through that traumatic moment. But it doesn't really matter where the experience comes from, does it? Mm. I mean, that's one way to explain it. Mm. You're saying a science, endorphins and mm. things like that. Could be drugs. I think part of the problem with drugs is that they induce you into the state that you're not ready for. Mm. It's like being thrown into a ring with a professional boxer and you're standing, what, what's going on? Mm. You know, that sort of thing. That's one way, that's how psychedelic, they do do the right thing, but mm. without the training, yeah. you're not gonna get as much out of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, uh, I have guess. Have you read, sorry, have you read Journey of Souls? No. Okay, you need to be initiated to that. Okay, audio book, that's on my list. Uh, make it. Put it to the top of the really? list. It's not, journey it's not of a, Souls. Journey of Souls. Okay, give us the give us the, the Daniel synopsis. Okay, so this this um, hypnot not hypnotist um, psychologist basically regressed people and hypnotized them and then took them back, kind of back 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 mm. childhood and then womb and then before the womb and then digging into their experience outside of this life. Wow. So it's the in-between lives mm, state. Mm. Not a past life, not an earthly existence, but outside of the realm of Earth. And this is quite fascinating. Um, I don't want to give too much away because yeah. um, the fear, you know, some people get really freaked out by that sort of yeah. thing and it, it poses a lot of questions. But what it does also too, um, they talk about when you're in the state of just about to be born, it's almost like another situation that we have here. 
there's a certain schooling going on. Mm. Your soul is always learning. It's always seeking new experiences. And whether it's the soul is in this earthly presence or it's in another one or it's in a past life, there's this constant evolution going on. It's like this energy, whatever we're made of, is constantly trying to figure out what it is mm. in a way. So it's not just us going, shit, what are we? What do we do? There's a whole, this question comes from somewhere and it comes from huge parts of us. And another thing is the, the book goes into is there's certain fragments and there's certain soul groups that you subscribe to. So yeah. you know how you walk through life and some people you just gel with. You think, man, I like this guy or I really know this guy and you gravitate to a certain group of people that help you in your learning. They don't always have to be liked. Mm. Like the people that pay the most attention to you, whether lovers or haters, they're the ones that are here to give you the biggest lessons. Mm. And anyway, it just puts a whole perspective yep. on that. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's about learning and it's about getting exposed to different experiences. So exposure is an interesting theme that I seem mm -hmm. to keep coming up in my podcast because you talked about people you gel with. Yeah. But people you don't gel with are the ones that do offer you lessons, right? They do, yes. Sometimes it's uh, a mean boss. Mm. Sometimes it's just that person who made you scared about school. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's someone in your own family. But it Actually, all... most of the time, mm. it's your family. Right. Because you can't get away from them. Mm. If you have a mean dad, he's going to put you through hell. Mm. And you're going to come around the other end going, shit, that was a roller coaster, right? Yeah. Whereas a friend you can kind of choose and you can distance yourself. And another big one is kids. Notice your kids know exactly how to push your buttons. Every time. Every time. Yeah. And notice that you are almost powerless to even do something about it sometimes. Well, I'm trying something and it's not yelling. <laughs> and Good luck with that. Well, I'll tell you what, the one positive it does do yeah. is it makes me become very mindful of that right. moment. And not trying to be better not trying to say the right thing, but just trying not to yell. Yeah. And I've caught myself the last, I've only been trying it for one week. Yeah. Um, again, I heard it through <laughs> Kevin Hart, the comedian. He yeah, was yeah. talking about all of these awesome things and he talked about he doesn't yell at his kids because his justification was when you're disciplining or acknowledging advice or whatever you mm. call it, they need to be able to understand you. And if someone's yelling at you, mm. It's just another barrier to try and understand. And that made sense to me. That mm. took, because I think what happens is I get myself worked up of trying to be a good parent, right? Yeah. And I've entered that parenting space with rad dads and all that stuff. And we always say it on our different platforms, it's okay to not be perfect, mm. but you still need some other ways to deal with the moment that's happening. So for me to take the pressure off myself to know, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong, mm. I'll self-reflect on that right. or someone will tell me. Um, but the thing you can do in that moment is just not yell. Yeah. And I thought that was a really helpful tip because you might not know what I mean. No. You might not be ready for knowledge, you know. Mm. You might read that book and it might not click until you're, I don't no. know, two years. It's one of those that yeah. you're either ready for it or not. It, 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 it's, 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 I've had it. I've read it, like the Journey of Souls one. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people um, read up on that if they have loved ones that have passed away. And it's almost like a, it's, it's a really nice reassurance. Mm -hmm. It's a really nice, beautiful way to look at, you know, what's there on the beyond. Mm -hmm. But this book has been in my life really like 12 years. Wow. 
And interesting enough, because um, I mean, I, I was always questioning things and wanted to know, and I love metaphysics, you know, I love reading about alternative viewpoints and things like that. Um, but this book's been around and it's amazing. Some people you pass it on to and again, they just absorb it. They just want to know more and more and more. And there's other people that just can't get through the first two pages. It's just too alien, yeah. don't want to know. But 10 years later, they'll pick it up again or I'll say, oh, have you tried it again? And then all of a sudden, ah, this is what it means. Yeah. It, 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 it provides an aha moment, which I hope you get out of it because yeah, you, what be. you're thinking, the, the way you're thinking, it's going to put a lot of your thoughts mm. in a very, very good context. Yeah, I constantly have that uh, where I'm saying stuff out loud or doing stuff and then I hear someone else talk about it in the actual proper context or the yes. scientific way. But I kind of do think that we all should be encouraged to f talk about these things. Like, you might be describing gravity without mm. knowing the science behind it. Mm. And I often think that, um, you know, like philosophy, for example, it's only really good if most people can use it. Mm. And I think that's what we forget. We think that, um, okay, small select people know the actual information and then they can take um, bacteria, for example. Mm -hmm. It's probably a handful of people who really understand the, the awesomeness and the dangers <laughs> and, and, and how it helps us. And then they filter that through to us. Yes. And so that's kind of good. But it's also a huge liability, you know. If if an asteroid comes and just gets that part of the area, mm. then there's no information. I think that's happened all the way through human history. Yeah. You know, it's like um, an in interesting guy called Graham Hancock is learning about and studying that there's a civilization that was rolling around around 11,000 years ago, something yeah. like that, and it's been like thrown through the ringer for daring to challenge the narrative, right? Because mm -hmm. the narrative is yes. A, B, and C, and that has consequences on ownership and land and who was first, right? Yeah. We, we, love, we love humans um, who are first, first to the moon, first to here, first mm -hmm. to there, first to the top of Everest, you know? It's like <laughs> all of those things. And, and, um, and what I think I'm finding fascinating about him is he's talking about don't think for a minute that our culture today wouldn't be just a blip, that no one would remember it. Because if you think about it, if Asteroid comes, mm. it's like, where's the digital record? Oh, it was stored on a Google server. Yeah. Well, those, those are obliterated. Yeah. You know, he talked about the thing that, um, I think 1908, there was something in Ser Serbia or somewhere where mm -hmm. it just flattened like huge amounts of land. And the asteroid didn't even hit Earth it exploded in the atmosphere, and it was only something like 90 kilometers, no, 90 meters wide. Right. And it did this damage. Huge damage. So yeah. we're talking about like, you know, pyramids lasted, and I think maybe part of why they built it was too last. What if last. the pyramids were one of those things that you're saying? Yeah. What if they were the motherboard of some much more complex system, because it's standing there in isolation? Dude, what the hell? You have like to imagine Stonehenge, it was. You know, you go, okay. There's some thought gone behind it, but what is it? Maybe that was the full stop at the end of a giant sentence. That's right, yeah. And you will never know. And that's why it feels like we're running around with amnesia, because I really yeah. do, th it feels that way. Like for most people, it does feel that Actually, way. Actually, th 
thinking about talking about amnesia, and this is another point from some of the books that I've read on metaphysics. You don't you don't ever need to learn. You only ever need to remember, mm. and that basically says all the knowledge is already there. You just need to tap into it. I just nothing yeah. gets created without it being there in the first place. Mm. It makes sense. And that's it makes sense, but it blows you. Doesn't that blow your mind? Well, the that whole thing does. Everything you're ever thinking yeah. has already been thought. Yeah. You just need to tap into where that thought is. Because it blows my mind because it could be true or it could just be another human limitation we put on it. Like everything How's that, that was, Well, maybe there's not, maybe everything that was ever thought was not the case. Because I'm sure they said that when um, we used to have a Walkman and a phone and then the dude came along after having LSD and all of his trips <laughs> growing up and said, I'm just gonna merge it all to one. Yeah. And then ended up creating you know, maybe not on purpose, the social media phenomenon, which goes hand in hand. And now we find ourselves glued to these, you know, cigarettes, but they're not cigarettes, they're Twitter and, mm. and they're different brands of addiction and, right. you know, but, but we are, it feels like we have amnesia. It does feel like that. It does, yeah. It feels like there's a missing piece. Mm. And I think that's where we put aliens and gods in. To, we're that, trying to fill that void, fill that eh? Void. That's it's like right. we are single parented children. Yes. That's why we call it a God. Yeah. Because it's like a single parent. It would make more sense if mm. gods had like a parenting thing. Things come in twos, right? You have two eyes. Yes. Two thumbs. Well, that's why every God that we have is kind of in a humanistic form, mm. hey? Apart from maybe a light, but you know. Angels have human forms, demons have human form. Mm. We're all basing it on ourselves. And you know what? I think there's a truth to that too. Because why not? Yeah. Why not if we are part of this energy? And, and I think this world, and this is the fascinating thing, has all the clues. So, and it's up to you to decipher the clues and come up with, I guess, your own detectiveness. Mm. But how many wars are started with the clues being interpreted wrong? And how many are still started with wrong interpretations? Yeah, because we don't know. No, we don't. We don't have that blueprint. No. You know? But in order to find out, we have to make mistakes. Mm. So I was talking yesterday to someone about aliens and um, as you do in the car going home when you're stuck in traffic <laughs> for over an hour. Yeah. And I had this thought that, you know, if you were aliens and you wanted to come down to Earth, and why haven't aliens come down to Earth? Like, I can totally see why they wouldn't. I mean, what a boring-ass place this is. Because really, well, it's not boring, but the significance of what we are and what we're doing, I think is really, really low in the scheme of what things could be. I think if we are, our maturity or our earthly maturity is that of a toddler, I think. Yep. And if you have an advanced civilization that can space travel and time warp or they don't even deal with time and things like that, I think we must be like a, a little hill of sand and there's just ants running around it. You know, yep. there's no greenery, there's nothing. It's, it's so basic. We're still dealing with earth and fire and blowing things up and yep. smashing things in order to figure out what they actually are. Mm. 
but however, we're improving. You know, we are taking a more subtle approach. We are becoming to know thyself, mm. but really, how far away are we from actually knowing ourselves? Yeah, because we've only been doing it for a couple hundred years. Yeah, that's right. And Let's not be too hard on ourselves, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like maybe we're two years old and those hundred, you know, a hundred years is maybe something like one year. Yeah. So we're two years old. We're, we're in the, and it would make sense. You know, it feels like our politicians and, and online is a, is a, what, what do they call a two-year-old? Uh, the troublesome twos? Terrible or, twos. It's like we're in our terrible twos. Yeah. And we're crying for no reason and we're complaining and, you know, maybe at three you can start having a conversation, but, you know. Or just being more aware. Yeah. I think we are becoming more aware of our surroundings and this is where, uh, you know, just being aware of the planet. Mm. Global warming, for instance, it's, it has a place. Whether it's all our fault or not, that is something to be debated and, again, interpret the clues. Is this a natural progression of our planet or are we solely to blame for that? Mm. Unfortunately, we think we are to blame and our generation is say, basically saying, yep, look, all these problems. Mm. But we're not going to live long enough to actually be able to solve the problem. We're going to rely on the, our kids to, yeah, we cocked that one up. Um, hopefully one of you will grow up to be a scientist that can solve this issue. It is a very human thing, though. Like, we must be at the centre of the universe. Oh, yes. We must be re responsible. <laughs> it's like, you know... But we are, though, aren't yeah, of we? Of course, of course. No, we are within ourselves. Well, we know how to make rubbish, you know, yeah. mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And we know how to pollute. I mean, we do that to ourselves. Yeah. We, you know, we're global warming our own minds and we end up killing ourselves, right? That's the blunt truth From overindulgence. of it. Mm. Is that, again, don't worry about that super wide thing. I feel like global warming sorted when most of us have an understanding that you know, or take the solution of global warming and just apply that to yourself. Mm. And I think global warming goes away. Right. You know? Yeah. We're trying to yes, fix something does. too big. Everything has a ripple effect. But yeah. yes, if you want to help the environment, start in the household. Um, don't buy so many things. Don't buy things that are bad for the environment. Mm. But again, within that, there's such a huge responsibility. We, as a human species, carry the weight of the world of all humanity. Mm. So even if we do the right thing, there's a bunch of other human beings that are doing the total opposite thing. And you think, yeah. oh, this is so overwhelming. But it all starts in small steps, though. We've also got to be mindful, I think, not to make it too overwhelming. Like, the amount of people I hear that bag McDonald's mm. is horrifying to me because when you're driving through McDonald's eight at night and you've had a really crap day and the kids are all hungry and what are you going to do? Go home and make dishes and cook and, and then spend an hour cleaning. And so, if you're a good parent, well. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> you're going to go to bed strung out. You're yeah. going to make your mistake that you can't fix. Yeah. Go to McDonald's, yeah. drive through, get that Happy Meal toy and spend five minutes letting them run around and making McDonald's dirty. Yeah. See, this is the complicated bit that I think we miss as we say, how dare you go to McDonald's? Mm. So, what's well, people who, like, that's true privilege in my opinion. Someone's forgotten yeah. the, da the, the deep and dirty part of life, mm. which is like, okay, every day at McDonald's, probably not a good yeah, thing. But right. look, if you want to go to McDonald's because up here you're battling, 
man, do that. Yeah. And someone, you got to be okay with that. And it's not on any documents. It's not on any of the government websites. But my point is, it's like, it's dabbling with the dark. And you are doing that when you get your McDonald's burger. But you only because dabbling. you think it is, though. Yeah, you no. are projecting a negative yeah. thing on going to McDonald's. Well, there's healthier ways to eat. I guess that's proven. Yeah, but there's also a variety of ways to eat. True. We are very privileged that we have this amazing choice at the moment, and I know Joe Rogan goes on about it all the time, we are living in the, the best possible time humanity has ever lived, where our problem is, what shall we have? Mm. Shall we have McDonald's or Burger King or KFC or, or something else, you know, Indian, Thai, Chinese? Mm, we have no barriers at all of what we'd like to put into our system. And we are so global enough that is it that global that. warming? Well, there's no well, barriers of what we put into the system. That's I guess so. Yeah. So no wonder uh, it's polluted. We are McDonald's. <laughs> All right. That's going on the, um, <laughs> the couch in space byline. Will Fleming brought we are to McDonald's. you by McDonald's. <laughs> Yeah. But it's convenience, and we are surrounded by conveniences, yeah. and we are surrounded by indulgences. And there's no threat. We have no predators. We are having kids, and these kids are growing up with no threat or predators. They have water. They have shelter. For a lot of us, of course, some don't. But people that have grown up generations-wise that have had that, they don't know any different. And is it correct? to prepare our kids for like a world war when we don't have clean water or internet mm. or roof over our heads? Or is that something that actually we've done that part, we yeah. still remember it, we're doing our darndest not to go back there. Of course there's going to be mistakes, but at the end of the day, everyone will have those certain privileges, I suppose. And it's getting better. It is definitely getting better. Mm. And sometimes in these chats it can feel very big. Oh, Everything's big. So the areas I like to focus on is, well, if we're on one side of the planet, what's something similar that the other side of the planet will feel? Mm. And it's things like um, if, if, if you happen to be one of the people that uh, don't have too much external stuff going on, you most likely will feel love when a child is born. Mm. You're... It's a inbuilt thing. Okay. It's one of the secrets that helps us, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's automatic. Were you there for the birth of your? Yeah, life? yeah. It was scary, and you feel helpless, and it's risky. You know, people forget the risk, right. and and you know, cutting cords, and it's very psychologically strange. Not to mention watching someone go through pain. You know. Did your kids have their eyes open? Um, no, because one got sucked out. And then, okay. sounds like a Fleming home birth. Yes, that's right. Well, they have my Fleming heads. Tools. It's never been simple. Okay. It is a Fleming right. home birth. The other uh, kind of popped out. He wasn't supposed to come out. Yeah. And the third one kind of came out. Right. Um, surgically. But one thing I've had the privilege of, mm. I was for both my kids. I was the first person to hold them. Mm. You know, while the poor mother is, you know, oh my yeah. God, so tired, and and you know getting nursed back to health and so forth. Um, it was amazing though, um, both, uh, well, Ashley definitely, um, when she emerged, 
she had these big black eyes, mm. like she was like a minute old at that point. And it was just looking around and mm. she must have been seeing all these lights mm -hmm. with no idea what's going on. It's just totally, but they were deep and black and mysterious. And I saw in those eyes mm. so much that she knew that she would never be able to tell me she knew where she came from. Mm. She still had that old memory inside her. And, you know, as she grows, that's going to fade away and mm. this world is going to become her new reality. Right. But within those eyes, it was amazing. It, it, they didn't seem like newborn eyes. These right. eyes seemed like a data bank full of stuff. I mean, and it is. It is. It's yeah. waiting to execute. Yeah. All of these things That's over right. your life. Yeah. Didn't cry. Just look. Wow. And stare. And yeah. all I said is I cuddled and said, oh, welcome to the world, little mm. one. You know, glad you're here. Yeah. And I didn't have that with my kids. Oh, I didn't really? see the meaning of life. I just heard crying oh, really? and oh. pooing and weeing. <laughs> and, and, and I was in Germany as well, so I couldn't really understand what was going on. Ah, oh, okay. And I had to go and get birth certificates done for them and it was all kind of this pigeon oh. German so it was quite it wasn't that comfortable Sounds for me. very clinical. And Germany is very clinical you know mm. it's like even with marriage you go to a um, office and you sign it up first. Right. You don't do it in the church. The church is just before oh, God. Right. I think here it's combined but I don't know I've never been well, married just, in New Zealand. Yeah just go to a registrar you don't have is to have a, a ceremony as such it yeah. doesn't you, can, you don't have to be married and be religious, mm. so you can just sign up, yeah, we're together, and in the eyes of the government you are kind of thing. Speaking of marriage, the other night I woke up, and we'd been married 13 years. Okay. Almost 14. And I had taken my wedding ring off during the night. Oh. And here's my two... You sure you want to share this? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Look, we're, doing, we're being honest. I've got two theories. Yes. One is that I'm getting fatter and it just was too tight. <laughs> and my body just went, take it off. Because ah. look, it does look like it's getting strangled, my little poor finger. Yeah. But um, the other theory is like, well, I don't know, interpret what you will. And I feel like that's a kind of metaphor of what we're talking about. Right. It could be nothing or it could be everything. Yeah. And that's a scary prospect. And I, I mean, to have a think to what a ring actually is. Mm. You know, it is a sign to say, like, it, I'm taken kind of thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your relationship is not defined by a ring. If you have a healthy relationship, it's defined by trust. Mm -hmm. And whether you wear a ring or have kids or not, I think if you're in a healthy relationship, you just trust the other person completely. Mm. Like I'm in a relationship now, you know, I've, I've had my first marriage, but I'm in a different relationship now. And my partner, I trust her completely. If she wants to go out and meet a friend for dinner, who happens to be a guy or something mm -hmm. like this, trust. Let it, let, it, let it go. Or, you know, she wants to pursue different things, go for it. Mm. You know, support the other person, trust them completely. If that trust ever, 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 ever broken, then deal with it. Mm. Maybe learn from it. But I don't think any relationship is healthy if the mistrust. I cannot fathom someone being in a relationship where they 
don't wholeheartedly trust the other person. Well, sometimes it's not your fault though, right? So we all have different backgrounds yeah. and we're all kind of dealt a hand of cards. Yes. So you bring that into your your conversation, not yes. your conversation, your, your relationship. Yeah. And if you don't acknowledge those things, sometimes, uh, like my wife and I are both quite jealous. Right. And that's just through really? past things. Right. That serves us well together because yeah. we keep each other on the straight and narrow. Right, okay. And I mean, I don't need much straight and narrow because it's not like I'm Brad Pitt rolling around. <laughs> Unless you're like fat dudes. So but, all those girls in the car, you know, yeah. okay, we're not talking about that. Cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut it what about all eyes. your groupies that are around yeah, here, Will? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dog. Yeah, that dog. Um, but I think, I think part of it is trying to realise that there's not that much bandwidth when talking about relationships. We mm. talk about there's goods and bads to do, but actually most of it is very complicated, eh? Yeah. And most of it is you bring a little bit, your partner brings a little bit, and then you work it out together. And the good thing is you either work it out mm. and hack it, hack it like meaning like not work it out, not hack into it, you can either tolerate it or you can't. Mm. And the scary thing about humans is we're real good at tolerating. Mm. So you'll go through like years and years and years yes. and look back and say, why the hell did I do that? And sometimes sometimes it's worth it, you know? Like there's lots of things that I feel like my wife and I have given up that when I look back at it, some of the best things have come from that, like podcasting, mm. for example. Mm. Part of the reason I podcast from my home is because I don't go out a lot. Because right. there's lots of people at my home. There's, you know, the three kids and my wife and we try and work, you know, go mm -hmm. to work all day and right. do the side hustle thing at night. And so, and that's not even including podcasts. So where it's, it's something been, that you do for yourself. It's like it's the man like my shedding. night clubbing. Yeah, you know, it's like shedding. where I can meet people, except I don't have, there's no confusion. Mm -hmm. No one comes over to my house and laughs at my jokes and thinks, oh, maybe I could, uh, Maybe there's a future here. <laughs> right, you know? okay. It's like us right now. We've, yeah. we've worked that out. And mm. that took a bit of heavy lifting from my side to realise that when all my mates were still going out and kind of teasing me right. for not wanting to come to town and stuff, you know, because I've been married 13 years, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like 13 years ago, I was still reasonably young. Yes. I was 28, 20, 27 or something. Mm. That's still, you know, prime of your boogie life, right? Mm. But I was already thinking, I don't... I, I didn't see a good outcome. And some people challenge me, they're like, well, you need your own time. You need to do your own stuff. And for me, that always registered as you need a separate life. You know, you need to go out and smoke on the side, you yeah. know? And, and I... I'm sorry, do you find yourself that you, when you do other things, mm. there's so much payment that goes with it, which, and a big thing is like, you know, being a parent for mm. the last 20 years, mm. you wrestle with that too, yeah. is when you're doing one thing, you're neglecting the other. Of course. And so you're constantly not really fulfilling yeah. your duties. You're either with your kids and not really there because you'd rather yeah. be doing something else, or you're doing what you are really passionate about and what serves your interests. Yeah. But then there's this underlying, oh, I really should be with the You need to find that balance. And that is, I think, the most difficult oh, thing anyone can, yeah. in life can ever do. Just so And I'm wondering if, even if there is a balance. Because, yes, there is a balance, but it's a balance of neglect and sanity almost, you know? Yeah. And a lot of parents feel so guilty that they don't put their kids first. And, mm. and a lot of the time, people think being a parent is just about worrying about your kids. Mm. 
What if you didn't have to worry about them? What if you, yep, Johnny will be fine for half an hour. You know, mm. he knows enough to not put his hand in the power socket and yeah. electrocute himself. Well, and Johnny will do it when he's yeah. 25 if you don't let him dabble with it at 12. Yeah, exactly. You know? So maybe just, I don't know, hack it, put a table in front of the power just socket. Or, ease up a little bit. Or, yeah. you know, like a, a solid smack when they go to do that the first time. Mm. And I don't advocate bashing. I'm no. simply saying, like, no. words you can't, you know, this, yeah. for example, yeah. no. Yes. You know what I mean? That's saying something yes. different, eh? It's, it's not what we think. And it's plugged in, too. Yeah. Because as soon as you touch someone, it's bang, mm. boom, stored. You know, mm. it's not wishy-washy. It is... And I think kids need to know you have a limit. Mm. And that's part of the... One, you get to know what your limit is. Yeah. And two, they get to see firsthand what your limit is as mm. well. And then if they push you beyond that edge, there's going to be some consequences either side of that. Yeah. Again, we're all human. We're not perfect. Personally, I don't like violence at all. Mm. But, is that even safe to say but? <laughs> but sometimes a gesture of just calm down and actually just holding them for a little bit and yeah. saying, look, stop this is not good enough kind right. of thing. It's, you don't have to physically harm them. No, but you, but might, to say just, you might not let them go. Yeah, that's right, no. Yeah. No. And that's, like, oh. If my kid's like in a supermarket, and this is, yeah, I'll, I'll share this. So if, if the kids are screaming in the supermarket, like a two-year or three-year-old, and they're just having a temper tantrum, I see a lot of parents going, oh, the, uh, they scream at them, fine, be a little shit then, mm. or... Um, or try to ignore them. Meanwhile, the kid's just going into town and things like that. My way of dealing, or what I dealt with in the first part, is if they are disruptive in, in a public environment, take them out of that environment. Just grab the hand. You are bigger than them. You are stronger than them. Grab them by the hand and as gently as you possibly can right. while they're pulling and saying, no, I don't want to. You just take them outside, into the car park, to the car, close the door, let them scream their head off. In five minutes' time, they've calmed down. Yeah. But to try and placate them with, oh, don't do that, oh, no, don't, oh, no, and they're going to town, or say, oh, fine then, you little shit, and walk off. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they're screaming. It's not fair for other people to have to watch that. And I think part of being a parent is to, for your kid as well, is to say, okay, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe this is not the good idea to, to be shopping or to be in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And this is something I'm a firm believer in. If I have to be in a restaurant and take this kid out of the restaurant and I miss out on the conversations or the food, so be it. Mm. That's part of being a parent. Mm. And once they calm down, I'll walk back in and deal with life after yeah, that. I mean, that's just solid advice for most things, mm. even for yourself. That's right. Pull yourself away. Yeah. You know? Well, that's true. Mm, be bigger and stronger and push yourself outside and you scream in the car for five minutes yeah. and then go back in, you know? Yeah. Because we have those tantrums as well. We do. You know, and we do it in a weird passive-aggressive way too. I right? know. It's like, it's horrible. Yeah, you snap or you, yeah, you, yeah. you I find myself doing it all the time and sometimes it's because you're tired. You know, um, the interesting thing about being tired is that uh, I heard a guy speak the other day, Wade Cunningham, I think is his name. Yep. And he was talking about there's three things that make you happy in life. And one of them is a meaningful relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how many you've got. If you've got one, you're winning. Mm -hmm. Two is sleep. Mm 
-hmm. and three is variety. Right. I think those also, I was talking to other people about it, and I think that's what we misinterpret privilege as. Variety is a privilege that's given to you that you might not be aware of it, right? Right. Like us having a choice today of what we have for lunch is a privilege, Mm. but we don't see it. It's just like a Tuesday or Wednesday for us. So I think that helps. The problem with the word privilege for me is it suggests that, you know, you have something someone else doesn't, yes. so that makes you a bad person. It's only bad if you mm. take advantage of that, or I think it's more something like they don't know that yet, you know? So share that, yeah. share that knowledge, share that wealth, share that variety, um, which we do in a conversation, mm. you know? And it might be sharing time with people, not resource. We're very resource-driven, yeah. eh? Yeah, like, yeah. you take from that person. And I think you see it in politics now, you know? It's very getting yeah. back to that socialism type of thinking, which is you've got too much, you've held all the cards, I'm taking it back and giving it, you know? Mm. The ones who have it all are suffering in other ways, like leading side statistics, you know, because their lack of meaning. Yeah. It's not fun owning everything. You no. think it is. Yes. How many times do we, um, I don't know, this might not be kind of nice to say, but I work in South Auckland. Mm-hmm. The amount of fun and vibrancy and hilarity and laughing comes out of there. Yes. Central Auckland will never know. No. You know? And in fact, Central Auckland gets some of that to come from south to centre. Yes. But see, there's a payoff because the other narrative is, Centre's got everything, South doesn't have enough. But it's of what? Because yes. when it comes to culture and, and but meaning... But where the balance comes in, right, though. You've got to have one and the other. Yeah. Like, I look at my community yeah, in the North Shore. Mm. It's kind of an older community, a lot of Europeans. Yeah. And the laughter and the frivolity that you talk of rarely exists. Right. And this is something I'm really envious about the cultures of, you know, Murray and Pacific Islander, the, the sense of community and the laughter and the, mm. the connectiveness. And I'm going, wow, you know, this is something that is, I look at that and I think, you are so privileged have, having that. Right. Yeah, I might have a nicer shirt than you or mm. something like that or something really stupid, but that is, that is gold right there. But then again, you always look to the other side. Unfortunately, yeah. we're in our head looking out. So unless we are really good at meditation or something else, mm. and we actually can project and look at ourselves from the outside, you think there would be nothing going on. You'd yeah. be slapping yourself because you think, look at everything you have. Why aren't you walking down the street thinking, Oh my goodness, look at that. There's houses here, there's beautiful mm. trees, or oh, there's a dairy I can get some milk on, I can get an ice mm. cream. The whole world is there for me to enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, we complain about what we don't have mm. and we always seek something else. And that's the disease that humanity has, exactly. is the suffering. This well, is where I get back to the suffering. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the solution is to maybe have a new. Uh, way of thinking which is you know uh, a bit more community driven but it's something Mm. like a few common ground areas Mm. like uh, maybe for example I think we all agree a healthy home yeah maybe just physically like uh, I was talking to a um, architect and he says 
the area people misinterpret is that they think four walls on a roof is a home. Mm. But it's not. And the science yeah. is done on this, that um, the reason Rome, they spent so long in these cathedrals is because it, it's part of the meaning of right. is to look and live. And like, what's the most valuable thing you can think of about your house? It's a sea view. Mm. That's like, yeah, okay, we love the sea. We spend bugger all time in it, but it's yeah. not talking to that part. You're no. waking up and being motivated by that. Yet we think, you know, Kiwi build is just about your four walls. It's like it's not. No. So if we kind of had an agreement that your home is more than just four walls, mm. it would be way better to think about that, you know? Yeah. It would say something like maybe there's an algorithm where you need to feel something when you look out at your look outside. Okay, mm. good. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe it's uh, if you don't have space, it's VR. Maybe it's plasma <laughs> walls, you know? Maybe it's something else than just... Um, celebrating when a wall doesn't get moldy. It's like, that's on the wrong wavelength. Get over that. It is. And then and then that meaningful relationship, you know, which is probably what social media can offer, is if the goal was to find, with all of the algorithms and all of that stuff, if they finally came back to you and said, we think you'd be a really great match for mates. Mm. Not to root each other. Yeah, right. To be friends with each other. Yeah. You know? That would be an awesome realisation. Like a friend app kind of thing. Correct. Hey, I, I really want to talk to someone about rocket science, mm. for instance, you know? And I'm sure someone live, working in rocket science is dying to share it with someone. Mm. He might go home, he can't share it with his wife or his kids, mm. they're not interested, they don't want to, but you find these like-minded people. Mm. And I think in social media you can have those groups where you can explore those mm. thoughts and talking to someone. But I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I would like to. Exactly. If I have a question, I'd well, we could do it. We have do. the technology. We, we just have. leverage it in other ways. That's right. We leverage it for our greed to mm. go out and do whatever we do. Yeah. And I think we can see the results of that. It's like we're slowly eroding this idea of marriage because you can hook up culture. Mm. And I don't know. We're just old dudes, right? So we weren't part of. Uh, I, don't know. I think we're old dudes but we know the old way is not going to be a sustainable way. Well, I mean old dudes, and I got offended when someone said, did I meet my wife online? Oh, okay. I was like, no, at a barbecue. Because right. that's how you rolled back in right, the early okay. 2000s. Yeah. But now it's acceptable. Yes. And But I think then we leverage it, we over leverage it, and it's like, cool, I'm going to meet a new partner in my geolocation, you know, right, as opposed yeah. to you might have to travel the world before you find your love. Or they might have to come from another world, you know. Um, or they come from next door. There you, you just go. never know. There you go. And then sleep is that third one, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked about um, meaningful relationship, um, having variety, yeah. and then sleep. So what if we said that you had you, your app was measuring your sleep, and if you didn't have enough sleep, then you know we'd so offer you that another time app for that though well like if you were again know thyself and center thyself everybody is different and everybody needs different kind of sleep like i, I might need eight hours that person over there might only need five yeah. or he might need five and a nap at two eight two o'clock in the mm -hmm. afternoon that's how his cycle best develops i think it's really dangerous to prescribe a medium I think, yes, sleep is the most important. Then we need to be taught how to monitor our sleep. Like, if our body shows these signs, we are not getting enough sleep. Mm. 
If you, yeah, if you run, come up at three o'clock and you can't keep your eyes open, obviously something is wrong. But I think maybe the app can monitor your sleep, at least how deep, how much, how much sleep you're actually getting. But and that changes too, seasonals changes. In mm. winter, you probably sleep more because it's cold outside and mm. your bed's more comfortable. When it's hot, you can't fall asleep. And it's really, what if your sleep pattern changes every day? What if you had eight hours the night before, but you woke up at 4 a.m.? Why do you lie in bed at 4 a.m. going, oh, I should be sleeping, I should be sleeping. Why would you not get up, do something? If you get tired again, go back to sleep and get up again. But we are these creatures of patterns and habits and have to know you have to have one lot of sleep. What if you don't? Mm. And I think we need to be more open to different yeah. ways. Yeah. And this is really how your body is. Some bodies can get up at four o'clock yeah. in the morning and feel great and go back, go to bed seven o'clock that night. I agree. And repeat, that's the standard. But the key thing is talking about sleep. Yes. It's not not talking about it. Right. So we're, we've got to acknowledge it. Mm. You know, maybe in the job interview, one of the questions are, what's your sleep like? Mm. Oh, I'm a horrible sleeper. Okay, well, you know, we require this for this job. Does that sound like we could work with you? And we've got a sleep scientist who comes in mm. every six months and would you be open to doing a sleep course? Shit, yeah. Mm. Thanks for asking, yeah. you know. Yes, I can edit too. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think, Will you edit and sleep? Yeah, wow. damn. There's a lot of non-editing <laughs> and a lot of non-sleeping with uh, the stuff we do. But, yeah, I agree with the, the sleep thing. Like, for example... I do think sleep is um, something that you can, I think about a baby mm. and our baby wakes us up every night and I'm like, if the idea of life to be happy was to have sleep, then babies would sleep all night yeah. and be awake all day. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yeah. It's like they purposely wake you up. Can I just kind of bring something up too? This is kind of the heart of why I question everything is because there's so many things we take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Like a baby's nappy. Mm -hmm. What did we do before anyone worked out you could cover to catch the poo? Mm. Did people just poo anywhere? No, no. Wee anywhere? Yeah. Like clothes. Before we worked out you could keep yourself warm from it. We just had hair mm. on our body. I what do you think, think that's a bit too simplistic. Do you reckon? I think we had more than hair. Oh, I don't know. Sure. It depends which way you're thinking. Well, I'm thinking at what point did we just assume that we get up and get changed? Yeah. You know, if clothes were so important, yeah. why weren't we born with clothes on? It's part of the whole suffering part. <laughs> I think so. I think so. We are so devoid of the planet. Um, we have now, you know, we've made this planet to suit us. The planet, we haven't adopted to the planet's way of working, mm. really. It makes me think that that's the best case I can think of for mm. aliens, mm. is that they created us mm. like this. Because yeah. at one point we must have had mm. hair all over us to yes. keep us warm. And I think that's what we did have, mm. according to science, didn't we? More like a monkey. See, I have real problems with that, okay. and this is probably not the forum to bring that up, because okay. there's a whole other school of thought and this is creation, you know, where did we come from? And it's interesting. 
It's about, uh, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a podcast on that. No. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I want to share that with you, but yeah. I don't want to just, because we're going to run out of time and okay. we don't have a three hour Everyone slot, unfortunately. Like, oh, uh, go into it. No, I, 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 we will. Next podcast, okay. we, will, we will discuss that. Mm. But, but I have to be careful too, because I don't want to upset anyone. Mm. But hey, who cares, you know? Well, I think we do care. And that's the thing. Yes. And yes. we're trying to survive in this world now, which if you fart the wrong way, mm. it follows you forever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it could just be that you're racist or it could be that you just yeah. made a mistake. Yeah. And it's getting harder and harder to tell. Mm. And that bothers me because I'm, um, I'm half European, half Cook Island. Mm. So I'm all right because I'll lean on whichever side Suits society you asks yeah, me to, right? right? But I don't think it's fair that it's chance like that. I think we need to have a better dialogue to distinguish mm. when are you using hate speech and when are you offering your opinion. Mm. I've kind of have some thoughts. I have some thoughts too. And uh, <laughs> I, I think, think me saying I'm better than you yeah. is probably a good... You know what? What makes you think you're better than me? Yeah. <laughs> well, the truth is we're better at each other in different areas. Okay. So it's how deep you want to go into it. And what do you, how do you measure that? Yeah. Like, are you better at me than me because, ooh, I've got a fancy podcast channel, gets a lot more <laughs> listens than this one. I know. And in that way, I, I have to agree with you. For, yes, you are better than me. Right. But I can cook a mean omelette, and mm. I bet my omelette is better than you. So does that make me a better person? Right. So I think... Are you better than me is so unfair or worse off because everyone's different and everyone, it depends on what you're measuring mm. again. It's like races. This is where racism is just so wrong because mm. just because one race doesn't subscribe to that religion, they have a lot of other things that they do. And to lump all people or all races or all um, ethnicities into this one ball that or even police, yeah. I, I heard about, you know, just police brutalities and things like that. But it's so unfair to say the police beat someone up. You're lumping the global police people into this one statement. It's not a certain police officer mm. did this. Yeah. That's what it should say, not mm. the police did this. And this is where it just falls apart. The learning is we're all individual mm. and you know, we can collectively work together, but at times some of us are screwed up That's and right. we just need to look out for that. Mm. And tribes did this. Yes. You know, you identified the psychopath and they got the, they got them the hell out. Mm. And we do it in, you know, schools. We want to have a nice environment and occasionally that outside external chaos comes in and mm. we don't want that, so we're trying to regulate through that. Our society has it. We've seen it in Christchurch. We're on edge. We are collectively trying to work out what do we do. Mm. And there's fear on one side and there's hope on the other. And I think it's every day, you know, try and acknowledge, try and talk more, probably a good thing. Yeah. Let I hope and I trust that the law um, still will make the best decision because it, how I see it, and I'm not an expert in most things, <laughs> but you can't just pass laws really easy. It's got to go through a process. Mm. And I think as long as that's the case, I think it's fine. It'll, it'll, bad ideas rise up 
just like yes. good ideas do too. And then everyone has a chance to debate it and go through and it. And ideas yeah. evolve too. Yeah. They might pass one law that, and then people go, oh, that's not quite right. Exactly. And then you change it and that's it. Nothing is absolute. Yeah, and th isn't that awesome? Yes. Otherwise, you know, the people who agreed with slavery mm. would be forever seen as the scum they were. But it was mm. then, and now we have evolved from that, you know, mm. or we've changed, we've learned. And I think that's how we should think about it. It's like mm. progression over time. Mm. And some of that stuff makes things worse and some of that stuff makes things better. <laughs> but again, get out of that cake mix, eh, and look yeah. from wherever you want to look for. And I think you'll find that um, there's more good stuff than bad. But again, I could be wrong. I choose to think that way, by the way, right? because it helps my mental health. Right, you choose to think wrong? Yes. <laughs> okay. I also choose to believe in hope. Right. And that, I think there's more hope than yeah. whatever the opposite of hope is. What? It's, it is hate or, or despair. Or, I guess despair, yeah. yeah it is. It's good that great? we don't know. Yeah, but the world is full of both, which is great, mm. in a way that you get to choose what you look at. And I think this is where personal responsibility comes in. Yes, some people get born into a bad situation, but you can always go to a different neighbourhood and see how the other side lives and whether that is for you. Or you have, can always get a different perspective. And I think that is available to us these days. For some it's harder than others. I'm not negating it that some people have a really shit time in life. Mm. And I'm glad that I don't have as a shittier time as some, but I don't have it as easy as others. So I am my own world and I have my own battles and frustrations. Yeah. So as long as we all recognise that we are all just little kids inside, we are all three-year-olds, we're all toddlers running around bashing hammers against things and seeing what breaks and what doesn't. Mm. We're, we're idiots, you know, we, so we repeat mistakes. We don't really have a clue of what we're doing. We get but we try our job. best. At the end of the day, I think we all try our best. It's like parenting. We just, we do our best. Mm. You're always going to screw up your kids. It's part of you being human. They're going to see some things and go, yeah, that's the way to do it. And it's totally detrimental to their life, you know. Mm. But that's okay. You had it with your parents. They will have it with their kids. Yep. But every generation, I think, just gets a little bit wiser and hopefully just makes better decisions. And then the asteroid comes and we start again. No, see, I don't, I don't buy that. Don't buy I it? I don't think life happened that quickly and it won't be destroyed that quickly. Okay. If anything, it doesn't make sense. A quick end very rarely makes sense. Mm. And I thought about this actually, oh, and I'll bring this up before we wrap this up. If, you know, how we're saying that nature is at the whim of humanity and all that sort of stuff and, you know, poor nature has to cope with humanity. You know, all nature has to do is make us uninterested in sex. And that could be in the air, it could be anything like that. All of a sudden, within 50 years, humanity would be gone. And it could be a, it could be a virus, it could be a mental thing. You know, we are really at the mercy of what this planet provides. At the moment, this planet is saying, yep, I've got a lot of resources, you're using a lot of resources, be careful because things could go pear-shaped. But at the moment, at this time, things are workable. Mm. But if there was ever a case where the planet said, nah, humans suck, 
it's easy to wipe us out. It doesn't take much at all. And there's nothing we can do about it. Do you agree, Will? What a place to end. <laughs> Let's end with the end of the world, shall we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, it's still there, Will. There the planet go. is still revolving around us. Hey, it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. I'll see you again really soon. Dude, let's just keep talking. And I think we'll keep talking in more ways than what we're doing. Mm. We're gonna have a chat, hey, we've got some big things coming up. Yep, huge things. Okay. We're solving global warming. We've we already solved it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man, thank you. Cheers. See you, bye. Bye. Couch in space!